Hi, my name's Hudson, and I'm a geoholic. listeners, my name is Dr. Nick Smolovsky, and I'm also a geoholic. Thank you for tuning in for this week's innovative episode of Bad Elf's Seconds of Spatial News. We Bad Elves live our lives one spatial second at a time, and we know you, geoholics, do too. This week's story comes from GIS Cafe. Recently, the CEO of NVIDIA, Jensen Huang, spoke at their annual GTC 21 NVIDIA conference about the importance of accelerated computing, among other things. Most interesting for the geospatial community was the announcement that NVIDIA is endeavoring to create a digital twin of the Earth. If you are unfamiliar with the company NVIDIA, it is one of the world's largest developers of graphics processing units, or GPUs. GPUs are what make graphics cards and computers work for the purpose of video gaming, data analysis, or even the mining of cryptocurrencies. It is the technological building block that brings graphical interfaces to humans, but it also provides the horsepower underneath the covers to compute complex analysis routines like artificial intelligence and geospatial analysis. CEO Jensen explained that NVIDIA is seeking to create a digital twin or a complete high-resolution 3D model of the Earth to help solve global issues like climatic change. This innovative NVIDIA technology will ultimately give scientists the power to create digital twins of specific environments to understand large systems like never before. Once built, these digital twins are then used for simulation purposes. These simulations can be run continuously to help predict future events, calibrating and improving predictions with new observed data, then rerunning the cycle. We live in an amazing time of computer enhancement that will influence all spec aspects of life. With that being said, these new technologies from NVIDIA appear to be a game changer for the geospatial community. It will certainly be interesting to follow these developments. Okie dokie, that does it for this week's Bad Elf Seconds of Spatial News. Reporting from the Bad Elf Labs in sunny Scottsdale, Arizona, we hope you enjoyed our designated news of the week. If you have any questions about this story or about Bad Elf GNSS products, please feel free to contact me via LinkedIn or through the Geoholics channels. Until next time, ciao. Yeah! Hello, Geoholics! I feel like I just went back in time. Holy crap, I'm awake now, that's for (laughs) sure. Welcome to this episode 108. Hit the good people with this week's safety apparel safety share shoots. Well, it's the importance of an annual checkup. I recently went and did that. You did? Yeah, of course. Oh my goodness, you have not shared the details with us. Oh, the no. results. Uh, Everything check out all right? I think I'm all right. I got a vitamin D deficiency. Uh, you, oh. you along with 85% of Americans. That's what, that's what Carrie said. She yeah. was like, yeah, that's like the silent thing that nobody knows about. And Even us here, local. Yeah. We get plenty of sunshine all year long. I was going to say, I play golf and I'm out in the sun a ton and I have a vitamin D deficiency. So now I have to take this like horse pill once a week. Huh. Yeah. Do they still, I mean, I, I don't know. Do they still like 
hold your nuts, tell you to turn and cough. No, they that's didn't. what I tell you. Your vitamin C or vitamin D deficient, actually. No, <laughs> <laughs> they took my blood for that one. No, he didn't, and I was dreading it. Like the whole time, I'm like, I'm gonna get violated. Like, ugh, violated. I don't want to wow. go and have this guy <laughs> grab me. And then he didn't do it. And I was like, he was like, okay, you're, you're kind of sad like, afterwards. Yes. I'm like, I'm fucking out of here, boys. Oh, have man. a good day. That's great because afterwards you told us you were disappointed. Oh yeah, no, no. <laughs> I was expecting a little. Little, you know, how you doing? <laughs> All right. So annual checkup. It's human nature to be reactive instead of being proactive in many aspects of life, including our health. Uh, the excuse that most people use is, I feel healthy. Nothing is wrong. They may say money issues or no insurance. They say they don't have time, which is a lie. they rather wait until they get sick or hurt. Uh, so that's just a few of the large number of reasons why people do not go to the doctor annually. None of them should serve in it as an excuse. Go see your doctor every year. Get yourself checked. Make sure you're healthy. You know, you never know what they're going to catch. And men are historically guilty of just absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That I, shit I, off. Feel, I feel like women they have their their female doctor, as yeah. Carrie calls it, and mm -hmm. then. You know, they have the mammogram thing yep. and all that good stuff. So they are more prone to go, whereas yep. we're like, yeah, we're tough. Mm -hmm. We don't need this, boys. Yep. yep. Or Let's we, move on. We find the time to do other things like anything else. Curling and Gamble. hunting and Anything drinking. else. Smoking. <laughs> yeah. All that stuff. We can, we can find time for that shit. <laughs> all right. Hey, another last week's episode. Again, those ladies, they knocked it out of the park. Absolutely. Absolutely crushed it. It was, it was interesting being from home. Mm, it was, it was, it was weird. It was COVID friendly. This is again. so much better. No doubt. Yeah. I missed you guys for sure. So again, it's like, I don't know what's going on, but we're just getting like exponentially tons of more listeners and downloads and this and that. And I don't, we just got some amazing momentum right now. And uh, it's all because of our guests. We've had amazing guests. Tonight's mm -hmm. no different, of course. Yeah, the ball's rolling, boys. You got it. Um, a couple fan packs need to go out. Trent Williams. Uh -oh. So if he's listening, first of all, he's probably pissed off as hell at me because it's been about a freaking month. I'm glad it's not my responsibility anymore. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Peter Cox. She's got oh, a fan pack Peta. coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it Peter or Peta? I believe it's Peter. I thought it was Peta. I think she likes to be called Pete. What do you think? It's uh, Peta. It's Peta. Okay. Yeah. All right. I yeah. thought it was. Yeah, me and my. I was thinking about this now. <laughs> okay. All right. Or, or Coxie. I think that's another one she likes. Okay. There yeah. you go. There you go. Uh, PJ, tell us about that opening number, buddy. All right. Yeah, that was "Fight for Your Right." Beastie Boys. Uh, Beastie Boys, American hip hop group from New York City, formed in 1981. The group was composed of Michael Mike D Diamond on the vocals and drums, Adam MCA. Yach, vocals and bass, and Adam Adrock Horvitz was vocal, guitar, and programming. Uh, BC Boys have sold 20 million records in the United States and have had seven platinum-selling albums from 1986 to 2004. They're the bi biggest-selling rap group since Billboard began, began recording sales in 1991. In 2012, they became the third rap group to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. A couple of mentions there. Yeah, yeah, some challenges. Yeah, a couple of mentions. Yeah, that's all right. Sure. Solid boys. <laughs> so I got a, a real quick uh, Beastie Boys fight for your rights story. Um, the song was very popular when I was in college, and I was in a fraternity, of course, Delta Chi. Of course. Um, do you know Kimball? 
Excuse me? <laughs> if you were Delta Kai, you oh know my exactly God. You don't remember the question? About. No. That's, that's the secret Oh, that's question. the secret. Oh, it, wow. Yeah, yeah. If, if you were a Delta Kai, you would have known the answer to that immediately. Hopefully there was oh, a couple. Was your uncle or something like that? <laughs> hopefully a couple Delta Kais are listening. <laughs> but anyway, so being in a fraternity, every semester we would do a skip out. So we would make a road trip to a college, local college, or college like within like a six hour drive or whatever. And I just remember the year this song was so famous, we went to uh, Ball State. As a matter of fact, so we get a bus, you know, there's probably 50, you know, drunken fraternity guys on the bus and they're cranking up fight for your right. Right. But instead of saying fight for your right, that gave me chills to party. We did fight. We said, oh, he said no sleep till ball state (laughs) instead of Brooklyn. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No sleep till ball. Yeah, exactly. So the license to ill album was very popular. popular. It was so popular. That was like 92, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep, it was about, yeah, yeah, it was probably about 92, exactly, yeah, I think you nailed it. All right, here we are, Diamondback Lansbury Studio, good to be back, missed you boys last week, like I mentioned, it was kind of strange, kind of brought back some old vibes from like COVID when we were on our own bedrooms and stuff, totally not the same. I had Hudson coming in and bugging me, and Jake had, you know... The laundry machine was, was going in the say, background. You yeah. know, the his dryer. kids are such a pain in the ass yeah. for him. <laughs> exactly. Good news. Uh, Diamondback is has re-upped for next year. They are going to be sponsoring the studio again next year. So we year. can keep the stickers up? Everything stays just Perfect. as is. And maybe fact, even some more stickers. We might even add to it. As Uh-oh. Trent yep. Keenan Uh-oh. is the man. Sure. He continues. He is indeed. I didn't get to see him. During my uh, five-day stay in Vegas, I did have a conference or a Zoom call with him. Um, so it was good to chat with him a little bit. But, uh, yeah, he seems to be doing great. He comes here for a day and you see him. You go there for a week, you can't Didn't make see time for him. <laughs> well, he's go- he was like in Disneyland <laughs> for two days. He's got a party, you know, who knows, building another pool. I don't of know. Of course, yeah. Buying another Bronco. Who knows what the guy's doing? He's always doing something. Uh, I was I was tempted to reach out to him and see if he Should wanted have. to uh, throw me one of his trucks. I know. To right. replace yeah, the yeah, Lincoln. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Shout out to this week's highlighted front of the program. This week we have Cobb Fenley shoots. Tell us a little bit about Cobb Fenley. Cobb Fenley was formed in Texas in 1980 to provide excuse me, professional engineering and land surveying services and private sector clients. Sure. Four, yep. four private sector clients. That works too. From the beginning, the firm's project management approach has emphasized effective communication with a commitment to quality, integrity, and engineering excellence. Cobb Finley offers a regional presence with 12 offices throughout Texas and additional locations in New Mexico, Arizona, Colorado, Utah, Washington, and Florida. Cobb Finley's mission is to collaborate with employees and clients to provide engineering solutions that further their commitment to growth in the community. At Cobb Finley, they collaborate, they commit, they build communities. Find out more about them at cobfenley.com. That's C O B B F E N D L E Y.com. Very good. Nailed it. Crush it. Boom. All right. Trimble Geospatial Weekly Words of Wisdom. This comes from uh, Kevin Hart. All right. I like this one a lot. Everybody wants to be famous, but nobody wants to do the work. I live by that. You grind hard so you can play hard. At the end of the day, you put all the work in and eventually it'll pay off. It could be in a year. It could be in 30 years. Eventually, your hard work will pay off. Again, that's Kevin Hart. 
Thank you, Kevin Hart. Solid, usually, right? I was going to say the little man you, himself. Yeah, I was serious. Usually you say the name last, so you opened it with that time. I did, yeah. Yeah, changing it up this week. You were going to throw it at us and then say, oh, who said Who's this? Who's that? Yeah, I was waiting for that. <laughs> yeah, who, how would you guess? I would have totally no known that was Kevin Hart. Like, uh, Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. That's oh, my go to every time. Every time, yeah. All right, let's catch the boys real quick. I would have guessed The Rock. Anything <laughs> new, buddy? Uh, you know, I'm doing good. I have to go um, talk about. A little shout out here to our boy Trent Keenan. Uh, today oh, I was yeah. I was uh, on a little bike ride and I came home around lunchtime and there was a care package st- sitting waiting for me what? at my front door. What? Yeah. So uh, Trent Keenan, uh, thank you so much. I'm going to shoot you a text actually right now, but he sent me some of these Hammer Nutrition products. So nice. I opened it up and it's hilarious. I'll show you guys a picture of it, but it's like a small pharmacy. Oh my god! I mean, there is so much stuff in there. <laughs> so I got to sit down. I'm, I wrote down a piece of paper of all the different. I got to get online and do some research on all of it hopefully trent if you're listening if you could send me some tips on this stuff <laughs> i figure maybe i just no take one, i just take one of everything and then just see what happens um Next but thing you know your calves are gonna I be freaking gonna huge. Huge. No, literally i was looking for that one i was looking for that one but um no super nice of him uh, really motivating to see that and uh keep this ball rolling so we can tackle this in the spring so um i just really appreciate uh you doing that trent and uh there's a shout out. Yeah, one of those one of those pills is definitely a calf steroid. That, oh, yeah, guaranteed. He, he's stuck one in there <laughs> somewhere. Yeah, I'm down. I'll take it. It's an injection. Don't tell me about any of the calves. side effects. I'll take it. That's <laughs> oh, great. But um, um, yeah, I appreciate that, uh, Ryan. Awesome. How, how are you? I'm doing fantastically. Uh, I didn't get a care patch. Had me neither. Package I from Trinkinen. Nope. Now maybe that's now a little I, late. Uh, Supply gotta, chain issue. I got to start. I got to start <laughs> training, and then maybe he'll consider me. But until then, I went car shopping, and it is the worst time in history mm. to crash Horrible. and need a new car. Terrible. So that sucked. <laughs> that's the the nicest way I can put it, but. Uh, you know, it's it's the holiday season, so I'm I'm trying to be positive and and up uplifting. What's the new hoopty? It's a Kia Sorento. Kia Sorento, nice. It's a little bit of a downgrade from a Lincoln. It's a little extra square footage there. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It's wide and it's comfortable. Uh, you know, now I can have three or four more kids. Yeah. You know, in my late thirties. Why not? You can put a lift kit on it. No. No. no, I'm gonna drive a couple more kids. No, <laughs> non possible boys. <laughs> That's what I was getting at. Oh the mailman God. may have uh, some problems if if that happens. Yeah, somebody's <laughs> gonna have a problem. But no, for that sure. that has consumed my life for the last week. As you guys know, I got in the accident, ruined it. They totaled it, mm. and it's done. Moving on to Move get everything cleaned onward. out of it before they. Yeah, I went, away, I went yeah. to the tow lot and got everything cleaned out. Um, the only thing I forgot was the kick plate thing or kick pad that was on the back of my seat. So Hudson couldn't oh. kick the back of the seat. Yeah. And I was like, shit. And Carrie's like, you can go back and get it. I'm like, we can order Screw another it. one on Amazon for 10 bucks. Why exactly. would you need one of those? Just tell them not to kick your seat. <laughs> you tell an eight-year-old that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Kat? What's new? Oh, man. Um, I don't, just had a pretty uneventful week in Vegas, to be honest with you. Um, lost $48. Lost $48. I did. That's true. I told Jake about that. Uh, I haven't freaking won a bet in like, Two months, I swear to God. Until this last weekend. I did win a little one this last weekend. Did you put money but, on the Cardinals over your Bears? 
no, 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 no. But me and my six buddies that do that little gambling mm. thing, each one of us tried to guess the final score. You know, you put five bucks, the odds are like plus 20,000, whatever. So you can win like a grand. And unfortunately, we didn't hit it, of course. But um, that's a pretty fun bet to make. Yeah. That, plus 20,000. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, you're betting the final score. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, the, those are long odds. Check out that bet. I mean, it's actually kind of fun. Yeah. And it's like, only you know, five bucks, you can win like a thousand bucks. Yeah. It's like Super Bowl yeah. squares, but like way, way, way more like way dialed more, in. Way more. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Other than that, man, watching a shit ton of curling there's a lot of like qualifiers and stuff going on mm-hmm. um how'd the game go last night bunch which game which game was that Sounds i didn't go game. you didn't go no 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 i ended up not going oh man nope. you invited me i had to say no because i was going to buy a I car know, I know. can we do a quick update on how schuster and and, fr- and company are doing they're in they're in the olympics yes they are they're they well, locked in first of all if we don't boycott that's the next thing you know okay because they're in oh. beijing right yep yeah he's yep. probably listening Oh, sure. Of course he is. <laughs> Good old, old is. Biden's going to yep. shut us down. Yep. I sent our boy, uh, John Landsteiner, a message. I'm like, John, congrats, man. That's yeah. awesome. You know, he messaged me back. He's like, oh, thanks. I appreciate He's it. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Yep. <laughs> yep. All right. Let's get on with this. Our guest this evening, we have Jason Marchuk with us. A little bit about Jason here. Born in Sudbury, Ontario, Canada. Grew up in Fort McMurray. I wonder if that's how McMurray got his name in, uh, whatchamacallit? Letterkenny. Letterkenny, yeah. Probably. Those guys are all Canadians. Rick Murray. He's he's been in Calgary since 92. I love Calgary. Uh, Attended University of Calgary, where he achieved his Bachelor of Science in Geography, minor in Computer Science. Do you have any idea what their their, uh, Their mascot mascot is? is? Uh, The University of Calgary? Go Rexosaurus. What? I don't what? Know. I think that's what it is, yeah. <laughs> and did you know this? Kevin Cooey, who was a two-time world champion and four-time Canadian champion, attended University of Calgary. There you go. Yeah. His hobbies include, of course, playing hockey, watching sports, eating hamburgers, and we got to circle back on this one, food challenges. Oh. For example, he's eaten, I believe, an 80-ounce steak. Wow. And then you do not pay for it, of course, but you get a free T-shirt and you're probably your picture, picture up on, on the, the wall, wall or something sure. like that. There's nothing left but fat and gristle. We're going to ask him about that. Jason, most importantly, is a senior VP of sales for ProStar Global Sales, which we're very excited to hear more about. And he is passionate about his family. He's got four sons, he told us before the show, trying to do things right and associating his name with a good effort. All very respectful. Jason, welcome to the Geoholics. We appreciate you taking the time to join us this evening. That's awesome. Thank you, guys. Uh, it's a great intro, and I'm uh, really happy to be here. Quickly, I'd just like to shout out uh, Larry and Nick over at Bad Elf. They're the kind of guys who made this introduction, and they're, they're yeah. beauties. So uh, I really you know, just wanted to get that out there immediately. They are beauties indeed. Um, in fact, I just texted Nick today, as a matter of fact. He's in Arizona for a couple of days. Stuff. Oh, I saw that. He is. Yeah. yeah. For some conference or something, something. going on. We know. should have had him in the studio. He doesn't got time for us anymore. He's big time. Oh, that's right. Yeah, is his hair yeah. still long? Uh, I think so. (laughs) So quick icebreaker. What's the last thing you ate, Jason? Um, Salmon and butternut squash and roasted potatoes. Good Lord. That sounds so much better. That sounds amazing. PJ, I know what you ate. I saw you walking in with a bag. Spicy Chick-fil-A sandwich. Of course. You lucky bitch. How about you, Shoots? Trail mix. 
trail mix. Uh, for me, it was a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is a Lou Malnati in Gilbert now. Oh you got to get over to my side of town. Wow. I heard your one pizza place closed. Casanova up. Brothers. Yes. One of the what bro- the hell? One I'm of the brothers the died. Wow, you got real fired up right there. Yeah, Casanova <laughs> Brothers. It was, a, it was, I have a $100 gift card to that place. <laughs> <laughs> you know Maybe Lou Malnati's will take it for you. <laughs> no, uh, they closed because one of the brothers died. <laughs> so. Jesus. <laughs> I'll allow him to keep my hundred dollars. It could have just been like Casanova, bro. You would think, yeah. right? That that just take off the S. You're I think good. It, I think it lasted a month or two without <laughs> the other bro. So, all right, let's uh, let's loop Jason into this conversation. Finally, right. all right, let's set the tone. So, here's the thing: every minute of every working day, underground utility assets are seriously damaged for construction activity. So, here's a few few things to consider, and some of these things are pretty alarming. Thirty-five million—that's the number of miles of utility lines that are buried in the United States alone. 500,000 number of utility damages that occur each year in the United States alone. That's crazy. 10 billion annual estimate to locate underground infrastructure prior to construction. 30 billion annual estimated impact of underground damage on the economy. Wow. Hi-o. Tell us about that, yeah. Jason. What, what are those numbers? Uh, what do they, what do they say to you? Uh, opportunity. You know, there, there's a <laughs> tremendous amount of opportunity for improvement for revenue, for um, economic impact for people associated with, you know, whether they own the asset, whether they're designing the asset, whether they're building the asset, whether they're maintaining it, you name it. I mean, there's a tremendous amount of opportunity for improvement with, with those numbers. And I mean, you know, that, that 35 million, there, there's, to give you an idea, there's about two and a half million miles of paved roads in the U.S. Hmm. So it's, it's an over like a 10x multiplier on the amount of utilities that are buried. And a lot of them are underneath those roadways. So it's, it's a spaghetti bowl of a mess and uh, it's not going to get any better. It's kind of like, you know, sight unseen. It's the corollary to a child cleaning their room and just burying everything in the closet <laughs> and forgetting about it. And you know, it's going to awesome. go pear-shaped eventually, right? Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, you hear about, um, you know, obviously, you know, the number 500,000 number of utility damages occur each year. Um, yep. How many of those, first of all, the cost, I mean, we, we touched on that just a little bit, the, to- the cost of these <clears throat> occurrences and the, you know, the the safety or the safety factor of it. And, you know, there, you hear about people all the time that, you know, are, are getting killed as a result mm-hmm. of, you know, the, these situations. Entirely, you know, and, and that metric, and I have to do check my arithmetic, but it's basically one per working minute of every day. Wow. Right. So, I mean, like these are, stri- some of them are benign, right? I mean, sure. some strikes could be a buried fiber line that is an active or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Some of them, yeah, there's the, you know, if it's a high pressure gas line, just imagine having to be the foreman or the, the super on that job phoning someone to say, hey, you know, Joe, whoever is not yeah. coming home today, right? No, nobody wants to make those kind of calls. Um, you know, the, the, the as-built record is really poor, you know, and it, it happens out there. And I mean, on the other side of the line, you've got people, you know, like if you've got a NASDAQ line and that sucker goes down, it, I think the fines are something obtuse, like, you know, $2 million an hour wow. for them being down, right? Because, I mean, you've got uh, an economic bottleneck on, on the trade front. So, I mean, there's all kinds of impacts, economic, obviously loss of life. I, I, I don't even want to try and quantify that. But most of it is just because, you know, not because people are ignorant, but just because people have bad information, right? And they don't have it at their fingertips and mistakes are made. And it's, uh, in some cases, it can be horrifying. You know, 
No question. And, you know, when we talk about, you know, like fatalities as a result of these hits, that's like the worst case scenario, of course. But I, I did actually work for a subsurface utility engineering company for a short time and met with some contractors and things of that nature. And one of the major contractors here in Arizona told us that it got to the point that they were hitting so many utilities on their projects that they questioned whether or not it was even worth being a business anymore. That's how bad and costly it was. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, that, you, you hear that. And I mean, on the other side of things, you know, like if you get construction companies, so, I mean, if you think about the the mechanism for how, you know, subsurface utility engineering and a lot of that survey happens, I mean, you know, the asset life cycle from design through to construction and operations and handover into, to, you know, um, to the operations and maintenance, it's not perfectly linear. You get redesign and construction and change management in the field. But throughout all of that, right, I mean, if you've got problems up front, I mean, they're just going to perpetuate all the way through. And when you get into the construction phase of projects, there's some people, if they've been active in a, in a particular region and they've been striking lines all the time, the, the premiums on insuring their job site are so punitive, they can't even bid on work. Mm. You know, that, that that's a reality for some. Uh, and I mean, it depends again on the threshold, the size of the of the construction company, you know, your largest ones may have their own, um, you know, mechanisms for insurance, but some of the smaller companies that are trying to, you know, you know, let's say breach the the glass ceiling and get into a larger Mm -hmm. position of revenue globally. I mean, they have a few bad years with bad hits and loss of life or something. It's, you know, sayonara. I mean, they're, they're just not going to come back from it with some of the margins that are out there for construction industry. Right. So it's, it actually has a pretty significant impact on people. Yep, no question. And we, we touched on, like we know for a fact in the States, you know, the, the infrastructure records are, are horrible mm-hmm. at best. Uh, you being up in Canada, is, is it pretty much the same situation up there? Yeah, it's mostly the same. You know, I mean, there's a, in some cases, well, you know, I mean, everybody knows Canada as being a very large and vast country with a, a population one-tenth of the U.S., but by and large, our, our our urban corridors are kind of a one-to-one with the U.S., you know? So, I mean, you think about the the amount of information uh, or, sorry, the assets that are in the ground, it, it's it's pretty similar. I, I would hazard a guess that here, just because of the slightly added remote nature, in some cases, there's probably utility lines that haven't, you know, they've been put in the ground and completely forgot about for 70, 80 years. So, at best it's not any better and it possibly is even worse up here interesting just not as populated true yeah 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 so i mean it's you know we got to stretch our dollar a little bit further you know just because we're so sparse right i mean there's a there's a little less pickup less economic activity Mm. but i mean you get in the big quarters like you know uh lower mainland by vancouver or the greater toronto area i mean that's you know 8 million, 10 million, who gives a shit? It's the same size. You know, you're going to have people building on top of one another and, uh, you know, just abandoned lines that are getting hit. And, you know, it's a mess, put it that way. Yeah, no question. No doubt about it. So I feel like we've done a really good job laying the groundwork for moving <laughs> forward at this point. We've identified the problem, right? So yeah. you've, uh, you you work for a company called ProStar, and I want to give you an opportunity to talk about that, of course. And it's my understanding ProStar is a, a software company that specializes in developing patented cloud and mobile solutions uh, as it pertains to utilities. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, no. Um, so you're right. ProStar, uh, well, you know, let me back up a little bit. So I joined ProStar in March of this past year, mm-hmm. 2021. So I've been here for, you know, eight, nine months. Um, and 
I actually left a company everybody probably knows of Oracle, uh, Oracle Construction and Engineering. I won't talk about them too much here, but you know, it, it, they allowed me to have a lot of exposure to the construction and engineering business. And you know, when I when I saw what ProStar was trying to do, and when you start kind of digging into the problem that we just uncovered, I was like, you know, there's something really appealing here. There's a point in my life where I thought, you know, I, you could just be a, a, a spoke in the wheel of of a large organization, or perhaps you can help steward a company that's really onto something that's trying to tackle a, a major, major problem that's out there. And in some cases, it's a it's an opportunity cost. People don't even realize there's a problem because it's just the way they've been doing business. What ProStar does here, um, we're, we're aching to a startup. Um, we have been around for a while, but we've only recently become publicly traded. That was to kind of create some interest in what we're doing. You nailed, uh, you know, we're, we're actually, a, 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 you know, a cloud platform. Um, we're so, so, uh, software as a service, so a SaaS model. Uh, we're on AWS and we have a cloud backend with a mobile application. What we do basically, uh, we talk about precision um, mapping and we are a GIS uh, in the sense that we are not, well, you, we don't do map algebra. We're not going to be getting into, you know, you know, spatial modeling or 3D modeling or any of that type of stuff. We don't do any raster algebra. But what we are is a mapping front end. But the, the, the devil's in the details. So when we get into talking about the issue of underground utility lines, what we talk about is our um, application being an interface for both GPS and electromagnetic locating. Right. So we start pairing precision of those hardware uh, tools with our application to get real time data into the hands of people that are working in this rat's nest of underground assets that are misaligned, mismanaged, uh, unknown. And we do that in real time. So as people collect information, it can be basically propagated to a cloud backend. So it becomes like a pseudo resource management tool. Um, you can start to see and, and approve the, the level of as built that's being collected. And then the other piece too, and I mean, this is one of these things, I guess it goes back to my geographic um, school background. You know, there, there's a difference between precision and accuracy, right? I mean, you can say, uh, you know, I'm holding up an iPhone here and I can say, hey, I, I've got an iPhone 12. It's, uh, you know, 13 millimeters high. It's, uh, you know, got a 5.9 inch display on it and it's sitting on the floor and I place it on the desk. Right. I've given you preciseness with zero accuracy. And in that sense, the real time aspect of what we do and our ability to pull in, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, ancillary information, if you will, evidence for people that are in the field as a visual collaboration hub allows us to pretend that level of accuracy to what's happening on a construction site. Mm. You know, an analogy for this would be you've got someone on a construction site and they're dealing with, you know, conduit or pipe that's going into the ground at a, you know, at a job site. It's an open trench. Guy's driving a caterpillar. He's got a backhoe. He comes in on his shift the next day. That trench is full. There's cat tracks everywhere. It's oriented a little bit differently. Does that guy care about sub-inch precision? Hell no. But he needs to know with damn certainty the accuracy of where he is. Because if he puts a backhoe in the ground and rips up the last 10 feet of pipe that was laid the day before, there's a problem. Yep. You know? <clears throat> So that type of stuff, that that visual acuity, the visual collaboration, plus all the collection that we have, just it, it allows us to steward the, you know, the collection of the asset, the the you know the the management of it all the way through the 
construction phase right into a handover into operations. And then at that point, again, it doesn't end. There's still the life cycle of that asset that is to be maintained. Some people we have, you know, asset owners like utility companies or municipalities may want to use our application to manage that moving forward. Some of them, they're done. They hand it over to the construction site and people will do with it whatever as they please. That's part of the gospel that we're trying to spread. That's the evangelical work, the value of managing your asset from cradle to grave. So, I mean, that's a, I think a long answer to a short question there, Kent, but that's kind of what we're, what we're about. Yeah, no, for sure. Well said. So it's my understanding then, um, ProStar is kind of a cloud-based uh, GIS for utilities. Yeah, more or less. That's- yeah, I, I would say the utility aspect of it is the biggest piece that we bring to the table. It, it's a differentiator. Right now, there's not many applications in the market that can do what we do with the level of precision and timeliness and accuracy that we can offer our customers. Got it. So are you guys um, collecting the utility locations or are your clients doing that and uploading those locations to this cloud-based software being processed? So. So with that end, so we, we, for liability reasons, we don't collect or manage any kind of library of information. Yep. Okay. Um, we kind of, I, I guess it's one of those things that could be exposed in the future, but at this point in time, the way our products are architected, it's basically, you know, multi-tenant SaaS architecture. So we carve out a sliver of the cloud for people. Mm. We instantiate their cloud service. You know, we put all their users on there. They have the cloud or the mobile backend. One named user can allows you to jump back and forth between the two. The information that they collect or stream in. So, you know, WFS, basically, I'd consider that to be a RESTful API, right? I mean, if, if they're working at a with a municipality or there's a, a utility company that has as-built information mm-hmm. that is critical to that sue work or construction job or that design work, you can start streaming all that information in as well as importing in, you know, design files, um, you know, whether they're in CAD or whatnot, bring those in. And then that kind of starts to build the repository. Now, the value over time for someone collecting is, you know, it, it, you think how many times do people go collect, you know, they, maybe they survey, they even daylight some holes, they get a badger truck out there, you know, they break yep. the ground, they're in there, they got the hydrovac. Um, and then that stuff sits on a, on a zip drive or something, or maybe a paper copy and it goes into a drawer. And nobody knows, there's no posterity for that information, right? You have no audit traceability on the accuracy of it. By being a cloud software, anything that people collect when they're self-performing that collecting, it's just, you know, it's, there's, a, there's an immense possibility for data reuse. How many times do people go back to the same area or an adjacent area and they've got to capture the same information all over again, right? Um, so I think there's, you know, depending on what line of work you're in, and I mean, you know, ostensibly it's, you know, asset design, asset building or asset ownership. There's, there's some type of metric that can apply that will give you a better return on investment for stewarding that information. You know, having it in the cloud, zero delete framework, everything that you've collected will always persist in this system unless you torpedo it yourself. Hmm. So it's, it's, uh, it's a database. It is. It's yeah. I mean, it's always going to grow with our customers. I mean, we have some scenarios, people potentially, you know, say a construction company is using it and they look and say, hey, do we... Uh, you know, maybe the asset owner really wants to have that information. They, they just fall in love with the application. Could you novate ownership of what's collected to that, you know, that data set to that owner? Yeah, I, I think you could. Um, you know, but really, it's funny because when you start getting into subsurface utilities, particularly in the telcos, they're very, very private about their, their IP. They, they consider it to be, 
you know, mm. <laughs> like they, they don't want to divulge it. And it's, right. and it's, it's a real competitive sphere. We're kind of like, you know, first in wins, last in loses in terms of your right away where you can drill and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, a lot of companies will go out there if they're active in an area and they have the permits to do it, they'll just drill and they'll just put fiber in, even if it's not active. Right. So, you know, the idea of having a database where someone could, you know, purchase our software and have kind of like the, the, the map of everything that's out there, that would be the utopia, but that's certainly not what we're offering here. What, what we're talking about is his ability to collect and manage the data that is integral to your work, basically. So if one company, I'm, I just want to make sure I understand this and our listeners do as well. Is it a, so is it a subscription based model in that case? Okay. So let's say my company A subscribes to it. Do I have access to all the utilities that are located and upload, uploaded uh, by company B? Or do I only see the utilities that company A uploaded? Only only your own. Basically, think of it as like a vault door, right? I okay. mean, if you're working, let's, let's, I'm going to kind of extrapolate that scenario out. So, you know, you know, Kent's company here, um, you know, you decide to purchase ProStar. It's, it's a yearly subscription. It's typically, you know, one year, how it works. Um, and you have a handful of licenses and you're doing something for a job there. Um, let's say you're working for, uh, uh, for Jake here. Okay. And Jake says, Hey, well, I want to give you all of my gas line information in there. You know, maybe you're active in a, in a, in a dot right away. Okay. Like a department of transportation right away. Well, in that sense, you know, the, the right away may mandate, Hey, we, we need to know every possible utility that's in there. So the fact that Jake gave us the gas, that's great. But Jason here is going to have to contribute all the water line information. Uh, you know, if you're talking to a, like a, you know, a Zale or some other telco, they're going to have to give you all the fiber lines, right? That type of stuff is what's contracted. As that gets pulled in, that basically is a data set that's reposited to you. It's been handed over for the life of that project. I would say, depending on you know the contractual language on how long that data can sit in your system, is probably the governance on you know mm. would sit there forever. Can you can keep continue to reuse it? What you can do, obviously, is collect and verify that information. And irrespective of what happens upon completion of that project, you're going to have your own record of your activity in that job to know where things were. Okay, cool. So as far as ProStar goes, like who are your target clients for, for that? So our, our biggest customers right now, this is kind of gets into things like, you know, your total available or total addressable market and whatnot. And I, I you know, it's, it's all over the place, but um, really what we're finding, one of the, the, the biggest usages is in the construction sphere. Okay. okay? They, they tend to be, and, and again, I think it comes down to that you know, the, the visual collaboration nature of what we offer. Right. And um, what I like to say is if you, if you think about the cost of an asset, bringing an asset in uh, to life, it's uh, you know, probably 70% of the total installed cost of that asset happens in construction. Okay. Um, And you know, how many times have you seen, Oh, construction is going to be done by, you know, December, 2021. And it's like December, 2023, and they're still going at it. Right. Like, Generally, every red cent of that 70% of total installed cost in construction is getting spent. For us, what we find in that sphere is that, you know, some of these construction companies, they'll go through and it's, uh, you know, if they strike a line, they got to pull everybody off that crew. So they've got, you know, idle equipment, idle cats, idle diggers, um, you know, they got to do a near miss report. Even if there's nothing like if it was a it wasn't even a live line, generally those type of strikes are costing like 15 grand minimum. And in some cases, they can escalate to 50 or 100 K. 
when you've got a billion dollar, you know, infrastructure project, maybe a three year, you know, job, it's a billion dollar interchange, some type of bypass or whatever um, on a highway, you know, $300 million a year plus of construction cost. you know, it doesn't take much for the, for the value of our software to allow people to avoid line strikes and, you know, prevent damage to really start adding up on their bottom line. Right. So that's one of our biggest markets. Another one that's really hitting off right now for us is municipalities. It's crazy. I mean, they're, that's what I was thinking. And I mean, the municipal network, they're asset owners, obviously. Um, But in some cases, regionally, they may be a slave to an EPC who does like almost turnkey work for them. Um, They may not even operate and maintain some of their assets. Uh, you know, they, they that paper copy, they just don't have a lot of money in some cases. I mean, I, like I grew up on Esri, I know it's great software, but I mean, you have to be a, usually a pretty sophisticated user to make use of that. Right. Mm-hmm. So for some people having a, having a, a GIS as their system of record that, uh, is Esri, they, they may not be able to afford, uh, you know, the pennies to, to, to make that work for them. Right. So, you know, for a lot of these people having, you know, spending a, you know, five grand, 7,500 bucks, is huge for them to be able to see their data, collect their data and manage their data and maybe wrestle some of that control away from their, these, these EPCs, you've kind of got them over a barrel. You know, they've been holding onto their data for 20 years. They can't even, you know, any job they go, they can't even go to tender. It's like sole source work because, you know, Joe's XYZ engineering company is the only people who have any clue what's in that municipality. Right. So, um, you know, We've been we've been getting a lot of traction in those spaces, and I think you know as we as we get larger and our revenue numbers continue to grow as they are, we're going to see those two kind of flip flopping between where where our where our target market really is. Outside of that, I mean, you know, design. There's all kinds of things as well, but those are the two that are really percolating to the top right now. Yeah, for sure. I heard this one crazy argument one time about why our records for our infrastructure infrastructure records are so bad in the States. And it had to do with like national security. Like if we knew where everything was and somebody and had record of it and somebody, you know, got their hands on that information, think of the damage they could do from a national security perspective. If they want to, they'll figure they'll it figure out. They'll figure it out. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Oh, you can't own guns because the bad guys have them. Like yeah. they're going to get them no matter yeah, what. Yeah, exactly. I just thought it was a crazy argument, but all right. Uh, I, I want to give you an opportunity to talk about another one of your products, that being point man. And this looks like a pretty exciting application. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So point man, you know, so we've got, uh, you know, basically the point man itself here is, uh, you know, that, 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 you know, mostly what we've been talking about actually is point man. We have point man plus, um, which is a mobile only application. Okay. Um, and in fact, um, I, I might be able to, you know, towards the end of the show here, talk about a little bit of a promotional thing for Point Man Plus. It, it's a really nice application for people, as I say, mobile only. Mm-hmm. It's 300 bucks a year. And basically it allows you to pair with the GPS, GNSS device, an EM locator, collect. Anything you collect stays on your phone though. And that's the peril, right? If you lose your phone, break your phone, you're kind of SOL. Mm-hmm. Point Man Pro, however, on the back end, that's the one that's starting to kind of knock down, you know, it's the, it's the cloud-based um uh, cloud-based application. We have a lot of integrations with 811 as an example. So like dig tickets. Yeah. Um, and again, it's just, you know, it, it becomes full cycle on what we 
what we're trying to target from a from a GIS, a lightweight GIS, but basically a full service enterprise application for people managing their assets. And in some cases, you know, again, we take that utility route, but you know, we have uh, we have a college that recently came on board, and they did all of their all their fiber lines on the on the you know on the campus, I guess. Um, and, you know, lo and behold, they got all this information. They collected it really quickly in point, man. They're able to show it in meetings and the, uh, you know, the, the waterworks division of the school, which basically manages like gas lines and everything else. They just call it their water division. Um, they kind of, you know, they're kind of looking over the shoulder with a bit of penis envy. Like, well, where did you get this stuff from? Like, how, what do you mean you collected it with a student in three months and you have all this information? Yeah. We have no idea where some of our, our info is. Right. So, you know, Point Man is 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 kind of our flagship. That's that's the new product that we're pushing. Um, and if I could back up a little bit, you know, we, when we started um, ProStar, and this really predated my time, we had an application called Transparent Earth, which we're basically sunsetting. Um, and we brought in, uh, well, we um, our our CEO Paige Tucker brought in a fellow named Vasa Dasan. Um, who used to be the CTO for Sun Microsystems, right? Mm -hmm. So had a lot of, you know, you know, technical acumen, let's say, in the cloud computing space. Um, and he kind of re-architected our application to make it much more scalable, much more self-sufficient in the cloud. And that's really what Point Man is. It's, it's, it's having a self-service application where people can come in, you know, they can basically administer everything on their own from a uh, from a configuration perspective, including the securitized access. So let's say, again, that example of being in a CDOT right away or whatever, or like a, a DOT right away, you could actually start seconding licenses to all your subcontractors and you can securitize what one sees versus another sees, what they work on, um, what they can edit, what they can create. So it becomes this, you know, it's a collaboration hub where people can all play in the same space, but you can also limit what people see. Um, and that's really where Point Man is kind of taking off and where we're starting to get a lot of traction. Hmm. So I guess my first question is, do you have to be a subscriber to ProStar to utilize Point Man? No, so ProStar itself is just the, that's just our our trading name. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So okay. that think of Point Man is Point Man is Point Man. Gotcha. Point Man okay. is the Perfect. that is yep. that is the flag bearer. That is the application. That is our that is our flagship right there. Perfect. Point Man is your Point Man. There you point go. Man is the Point Man. That's <laughs> yeah. it. The trans. Yeah. What's so, the tra and then there's just there's levels of Point Man. Like I said, Point Man Plus mm -hmm. being the kind of the the the, the gateway one. Uh, point Man Pro. And then we have an enterprise level as well, which you know, enterprise basically just means, you know, uh, more open APIs for integration with various third parties, right? So, I mean, if you're sitting on the hip of a, of a large construction company, you want to be on their enterprise architecture roadmap. You know, you, you, they want to know that we can integrate with every other piece in their, in their, uh, their application structure, I guess, from a corporate perspective. So that's kind of, those are the kind of the tiers that we're on right now. The other thing that we're doing, just being a little bit newer, um, when we start talking about municipalities and how they would be using Point Man, we're working with partners. Um, you know, we actually did some uh, good work with uh, Larry and Nick over at Bad Elf there, getting some municipalities who just didn't think that they had the the, the, the money to, you know, the swagger to be able to have, uh, you know, a GIS system and to be able to map it themselves, right? But, uh, you know, we've been, been developing packages for people that are commercially viable. And uh, I think that's going to persist. I mean, we're starting, like I said, we're, we're starting to put notches on the, on the board there. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, I understand 
you know, point man, uh, it being a patented technology. I know there's other yep. like applications out there. What makes point man different? Well, I mean, you know, and I will, I think the patents are great. You know, we have a, a heap of patents. Um, for me, patents are always kind of like a defensive mechanism, right? I mean, we're not going to get in there and say, Hey guys, like you're, you're, you're stirring your straw where it shouldn't be here. These are our patents. Um, you know, and that just gets into like litigation and stuff. I mean, you want to win on your own merits, right? I think what the patents indicate is a level of technical expertise for collection mm. of subsurface utility assets. And that's really our domain. You know, like I'm not afraid to stand on a soapbox and kind of beat our chest that, you know, we're, we're kind of in a class of our own in terms of being able to pair with devices, EM locators and various, you know, GPS devices. We're, we're platform agnostic, whether you're Android or iOS, we can pair, you know, and basically, you know, you guys, you guys know GI, uh, GPS, like it's only really as good as the collector, right? I mean, if you've got a guy standing at the base of a building with the, you know, his pole at a 45 degree pitch, wondering why he can't get a good signal. It's like, well, I mean, you know, the garbage in garbage out kind of scenario. Right. But for us, again, in, in that space, um, you know, we, I, I think the, the biggest differentiator really is, is the, the seamlessness to which we can actually deliver our results. You know, there's no post-processing, everything comes in in real time. So when you're collecting something, you're like, Imagine this workflow, you know, you send someone out into the field. So Jake's out there, he's thumping around and he's collecting something. And can you get on there and you look instantly and you say, what in the hell? Like, I can see physically where he is. I can see his basically dot on the screen where he's collecting. I can see all the points that he's just collected and he's trying to find a pipe. He's got a great, you know, the GPS, we've got everything located down to X, Y, but his milliamp reading on what he's picking up from the underground pipe is nothing. He's not even getting a flare or a reading. So he's, He's collecting points, but he's not collecting with any level of value. Like what pipe is he finding, right? That's the kind of thing, you know, normally you wouldn't know that with any other field collector. You're not going to know that information until you come back and post-process it. You'll know ours in real time. And that speaks, again, when you're talking infrastructure and people are collecting utilities in like heavy traffic in some cases, you can put pylons on the ground, but, you know, we've seen American drivers, right? I mean, you get out there, it's like, you talk to any health safety environment guy, that's a huge win for them because like feet in the street and every time you have to go back to site, there's a huge risk. So right then that, that ability to short circuit workflows and be able to see what's being collected, triage it on the fly, and then have valid information. Basically the second it's collected is huge. And that's a big differentiator for us. Yeah, for sure. Can it do other things? Like, can you draw a line as you collect? Um, yeah. Can you take a picture? Points on the polygons. Field? Yep. Yep. And tie it to the point and everything. I mean, it has the flexibility to do those things. Absolutely. Yeah. You can do, uh, you know, we can have forms associated to that. So you could have dig permit forms. You nice. can have, uh, you can take photographs, right? If you find something that's odd uh, mm -hmm. and not only that, but when it takes a photograph, the photograph would be physically tied to the point. In a lot of applications where you take a photograph, the GPS location is where you're standing with the photograph. With us, what we do, you know, it's actually physically tied to the point that you're collecting. So not where you're standing, taking a photo, but you have that from a posterity sense, from a record, uh, you can do sketches as well, right? Mm -hmm. So you could have a plan view of that map. You can sketch right on your application, you know, draw with your finger. You can add notes and stickies. You can cloud items, um, you know, for consideration, uh, you know, we, per se, we don't have a workflow to kind of triage. If someone says, Hey, this looks way out of whack. What do we do with it? But I mean, you've captured that information, you export it out, people can do with it as they want. Um, 
what else? You can also do stakeouts, right? Which Ooh. are huge. So, I mean, wow. someone finds something, you can stake to it. And we also have, uh, we're integrated with, um, you know, Google Maps, but like the pro version of Google Maps. So usually slightly higher resolution, a little more timely in terms of the imagery. And whenever we do a stakeout, you'll actually get directions to it. So, I mean, that would be driving directions to that point. And then, however, you know, however many feet you need to walk to get to that as well. Um, within the application itself, typically, you know, everything's in a, like a WGS 84 is our base level project. But I mean, we can also do site calibrations. You can put wow. anything in that's a site plane or a story, a state plane. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, from a, from a, you know, people who are comfortable with the GIS tool and the, the normal things that they would see in GIS, uh, they'd love this application because I mean, everything's just part and parcel with, with, you know, normal utilization. Yeah. A couple things I'm glad you mentioned a little bit earlier is because I was going to ask, um, it, it is compatible with both iOS and Android, first of all. You bet. And yep. the other thing you mentioned that I think is important to circle back on is that the data that's collected is only as accurate as the receiver that's being used. Correct. hundred percent. So like if you're just using your cell phone, your plus or minus whatever, 15 feet. Whereas if you use something like a bad L flex, a perhaps. bad L flex, perhaps. Flex, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I mean, that of course is going to, you know, bring that level of accuracy down substantially to almost 100%. survey grade we, at that point. You know, we actually did something, you know, we, uh, we had a, um, recently we were in Vegas at a, at a large utility company there. Um, I won't say the name, but, uh, and then there's, a another time we spent actually Larry came with us. We went to, uh, we were in Fayetteville, Arkansas, again, at another utility company out there, um, gas specifically. But, um, we went through that, went through a construction site demo with them, had the bad elf, you know, he talked about everything, you know, we could have a base and Rover configuration. If you've got, if you're working in canopy cover and you need, you know, they have that radio signal now, um, talked about the RTK, you know, I mean, everything there that we have is, is, is huge. And I mean, really, you know, again, it's tough being the, the middleware of an application. We're the user interface. That's the user experience. So if things are going pear-shaped, people often point at us. But I mean, one of the things you have to communicate, and I, I, we wear that, we understand that because that's the, you know, people are holding their phone or their tablet in the field. If something doesn't look right, they're going to think it's the application. Generally, that's not the case though, right? I mean, it's usually someone who doesn't know what they're doing with the device that they're collecting with, right? But I mean, when you have good devices that pair up simply, uh, I mean, you know, via Bluetooth, that battle flex is, is dynamite. And I mean, if, if you don't need RTK all the time, like we, we ran into this with some municipalities, right? Where they just, Hey, you know, sub meter all day long, we're picking up street furniture, but once in a while we need that sub meter or sorry, sub inch. And it's like, well, you go RTK for 25 bucks a day and Bob's your uncle. I mean, you, you can't really beat it. You know, <laughs> he just made Ken's uh, day with made the Bob's, your uncle. Bob's your uncle. I love that one. I use it all the time. Okay. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, that's great stuff. So like, you know, I've checked it on the website. Super impressive. That website is ProStarCorp.com. Tons of information there. Um, yeah. And can I add, we also oh, have PointMan.com. Yeah. Pointman.com as well. Yep, for sure. Yep. Um, yeah. Super cool stuff. What, so what have, what has like, the industry reaction been to what you guys are doing here? Well, you know, so this is where it gets pretty interesting. So we've, uh, you know, our, our application came out uh, a little bit later than we wanted this past. It just, you know, officially released early in January um, this past year. So it's only been out for a little bit. Um, and, you know, I kind of... <laughs> This is one of these things. I don't want to say this because it's like it's not like we're not in beta, but 
you know, I've talked to people who've said, hey, anything that's a SaaS application is technically always in beta, right? Mm -hmm. Software as a service is always under a perpetual state of improvement. Um, we recently went through, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this. I, I kind of came down with the last drop of rain. I know sales, but I don't know, uh, you know, the, the financial side of the investing as well. But we we went through a capital raise, right? And uh, we actually recently just uh, raised, uh, I think it was about 10.4 million Canadian. So around, what is that? Like a million dollars US? No, just joke. Uh, it's like 80 cents. About like nine, eight, eight 8.9 US. <laughs> And you know, a lot of the the investors that came to that that raise were really of the uh, of the construction nature, you know. And there's a real buzz. There's a there's a real buzz here that we've got going in North America and in uh, Central and South America as well right now, where people are really really starting to look at this and say, hey, you know. Um, we need a differentiator. We know that there's a dilapidated, dilapidated state of our underground utilities. And what can we do to improve this stuff? Right. So, I mean, for us, we see this as a, you know, uh, I, I think within the next, uh, you know, probably 12 to 18 months, we're going to have a massive, massive uptick in customers. Um, we already have a lot of traction with a very, very large, I think it's the largest construction and engineering infrastructure company in North America. Um, we're working with them to get them in on, uh, you know, for projects at a very low commercial barrier for pre-construction, which is kind of, I, I guess in some ways it's a corollary to the guy standing selling drugs on the corner, you know, kind of the first bag's free and then you got to pay. But, you know, if you understand the construction cycle, what that does for us is it allows people to put our product in during the estimation phase when they're not sure if they're actually going to get the work. But when they get the work, when it goes from bid to tender to procurement, sometimes that's 30 days and they got to get all of their operational systems, all of their configuration done in 30 days. And in some cases they have to procure software and it's like, it's a rat race, right? So, I mean, we've, we've come up with some models for, for pricing and for placement and configuration of our applications with customers that I think is going to just kind of launch us up. So it's, yeah. we're, we're really excited right now. I, I couldn't be happier with the, the team that's there and, and what we've been managing to do within the last probably six to eight weeks. It's been, it's been huge. Yeah, no, I can tell you're definitely excited about it. And you, you know, believe in the the technology and the products uh, from ProStar. Um, so just circle back real quick for our listeners and talk yep. just real briefly, briefly about the business model and the best way for, uh, for anybody interested to find out more. So yeah, the, so the business model, the way that we work again, um, we have our, and, and this application, you know, it's a point man plus that's our lowest tier. Okay. You can actually download point man for free on iOS or Android. Okay. The only thing with that is that it does not pair with the GPS. Okay. It's only for locating with an EM locator, but you can pair it with an electromagnetic locator. Then you get into point man plus, which is $295 a year. Um, with that, that business model allows people to basically get a license key and they can apply that license key to either, you know, uh, any, any device they want, iOS or Android. Okay. The data that's captured on that stays with the phone. If you ever want to transfer that license to another phone in a temporary state, you can send all of your data to the cloud and then retrieve it all back on a new device. Okay. But the idea there is if you lose the device, it's, it's kind of cooked. You can still export from that. So any information you collect, with the Point Man Plus version, you can send that to people. So it's great for a lot of mom and pa type shops. The next model is what we consider our flagship, which is Point Man Pro. Okay, that is software as a service. That is, you know, cloud computing. Basically, we take all of the risk of onboarding, you know, no delete framework, 
you know, perpetual usage, um, you know, user-based, all, all you name it, everything we've talked about, that application is $24.95 per year. That's the MSRP on that. That's per license, okay? Again, that allows cloud backend and full mobile usage, okay? That's small enterprise. So most people have at least two users. A lot of them have four or five or more. And on those ones, it's named user. You can kind of chip and change as you want. You can hand out licenses to people, anybody you want. Basically, if they have an email address, you can give them a license. They participate in your org structure at that level. And any projects you have, any activity, any points, lines, polygons that are inside your Pointman instance in Pointman Pro, anybody can see unless you securitize it. That's kind of the flagship. And then from there, we have some people like our largest customers plus 100 users, wow. you know, and they're basically using Pointman Pro um, for, for large enterprise capital expenditure projects. <laughs> And that's if you're into that and it's like, you know, a big construction company or uh, let's say a large, uh, you know, a large utility, maybe you're a state entity, a city. If that's the kind of thing you're into, that's big enterprise. I mean, just call us up and then we price that accordingly. So that's kind of those are the kind of three stages of the business model, if you will. I like that he's up front with the pricing. Yeah, I appreciate for sure. that. Right. And then uh, yeah, nothing to hide. I mean, it, it's it's there. It's it's it's. You know, it's a quality product. And I mean, you know, at the end of the day, and I've been in sales long enough, you know, it's, uh, you know, you, you kind of get to the point where you're being a bit of a horse trader. You know, uh, I, I think if you can talk to someone and the values there, the price is almost inconsequential. Right. Mm -hmm. But at yep. the same time, if someone wants to make it work, um, you know, we're not going to let price be a barrier for people. Right. They, I mean, we know good business when it's there. We want to do right by our customers. At the end of the day, you know, the, the likelihood of anybody retiring at the company they're currently at is pretty slim, right? You can all you can do is put your best foot forward and and have, uh, you know, you know, if you treat your customers right, and you're trying to be honest by them, yeah, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna make friends along the way, and you're gonna do good business as well. You want to say it's true? You want me to say it? What? Add value, make friends exactly. right there, right? Oh, yeah. Add value, make friends. <laughs> well, Add I was thinking, you yeah, know, the, the point man so. plus and advantage or enterprise and all this, which one do I no longer get ads? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so right. I, I would, that's a good question. I believe it would be point man plus any of the paid ones. There'd okay. be no ads, right? So. <laughs> Um, I'm That's not even sure if there part. would be ads on the free version, though. To be totally frank, I, uh, I haven't I haven't played around with the free version long enough. I guess I should know that. That's probably a bad answer. I, I just <laughs> know my Paramount Plus has a ton of commercials. Oh my Hulu! Oh, oh my God! It's like they make you upgrade. Yeah, they're they, rid of they're, commercials they're, they bend every you. three minutes. It's horrible, <laughs> horrible. Yeah, some of those things that really beat you. Well, yeah, we're not one of these ones. Like we're not gonna, you know, yeah, we're not gonna slap you around silly with that kind of stuff. But it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I know what you mean. Some of those are terrible, right? I mean, that's why I try and avoid applications. Yeah. Well, if you're running around with Nick and Larry and the Bad Elf Boys, I mean, you're running around with the right people. That's for exactly. sure. Exactly. Yeah, sure. I love, and you know, I love the story of Bad Elf, oh, like how the the, the name it. came about. I mean, I yeah. like I asked Larry about that one night, and he was like, he he went through the whole the whole story. It's it's, it's great, and I mean. I like the fact when you look, I've actually got a hat right here too from them. I don't yep. know uh, and how the elf size oh. are actually two little ones, right? Like that's <laughs> the whole 11 thing. I don't know. I won't get into it in case you guys don't know it or maybe yeah, it's no, we've heard it, yeah. on air, but yeah, it's, a, it's a great story. Well, um, point man, based on what I've seen, based on what you've shared, I don't want to say it sells itself, but my goodness, there is so much value to this. And when you have something of this great value, it's easy to uh, 
to you know present it to folks. There's it no doubt about itself. it. It does. And uh, JC, you've done a great job doing that. Um, is there anything you know as it pertains to ProStar or Pointman that we haven't talked about that you want to get out there? What's the best way for folks to either get in touch with you or find out more? Well, I think the best way, I mean, obviously visit pointman.com. P-O-I-N-T-M-A-N.com is a great way. Um, my email address is uh, J-M-A-R-T-S-C-H-U-K at pointman.com. Again, I also have this, yeah, I, I won't muddy the waters. That, that's an easy way to get in front of me here. Um, and, uh, you know, what I'd like to say too here for, for Pointman Plus, um, you know, if there's any of your listeners out there that are interested in downloading Point Man Plus, okay, and that is a paid version, okay, um, if they hit me up at my email address, which I can give you guys, maybe I don't know if you want to circulate it, um, I will give anybody, if they reference in the subject line, Geoholics Podcast 105, um, I'll give them a free six months Point Man Plus. Wow, wow that's the Geoholics man, first. Man, we made right the there. big time, boys. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you know, for, for us, we want people to get out there and try and download to try and use it, pair it with devices, let it know how it's going. And I mean, for us, it's, it's great business to be out there. You know, I mean, we had a great, a great, great, great press release with Larry and the guys were basically every bad elf flex is shipping with point man plus. I mean, we want to flood the market. We want people to get out there, be using it because we know a lot of these people might be the mon pod that'll say, hey, that free six months or that free one year that they got for purchasing a flex or the offer I just made, um, you know, they'll re-up on their own. And in some cases, they may be part of a large organization that was kicking tires and say, hey, like, you know, we want the pro version. We we need that cloud back in. We need that posterity, that full audit traceability on everything we've collected, no delete framework. So for us, it's 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 good marketing. You know, it's it's a way for us to touch and be competitive. Oh, that's amazing. I feel like we just went back like 10 minutes ago when he said the first taste is free from a drug dealer. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. Well, hey, you know, I mean, uh, it is what it is, but I mean, I think people will really love the application when they get out there and, and try it out. So, yeah. So one more time, um, what, what would they use? What would that code be to get that, uh, to get that promotion? They got to email and mention the geoholics. Yeah. Yeah, so so email me and then just mention geoholics in the subject heading. Okay, perfect. I was gonna say we could make it episode one oh five, but that's that's pretty specific. Just yeah, to we'll just say geoholics. Hit me up with you'll it know, and, yeah, you'll uh, know where they came from. Yeah, <laughs> the VIP yeah, experience. It'll be the it'll be all the, the drunk uh posters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's right. VIP that's experience. Okay. I mean, we'll deep, get it through. We we're 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 we can handle the volume. We'll that's work for sure. It, yeah. I mean, that's what we want. We want to drive we we, we want interest, right? We want more interest out there. I, yeah. I mean, I know I, I put our application up against anybody. Uh, there's a lot of conviction that we have behind it. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think we're going to be uh, making a lot of noise as we go forward. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. And I love the passion. I mean, it's so exciting to have somebody on that's uh, as excited about, you know, their products as you are. So that that's great. We appreciate that. No, you can definitely feel the passion about it. And yep. it's, it's solid. Um, now, a question we ask everybody, I don't know if you're familiar with the, the show, overly familiar with the show, but uh, what, what's a mantra that you live by? Are you prepared oh. for this question? I, a mantra? Um Jeez, I don't know. Like, can you give me an example of something? Like, I don't know if I have a mantra. I think, you know what? You kind of had a mantra in your bio because you said trying to do things right and associating your name with good effort. Yeah, okay. That's that would be 100%. I'll I'll rely on my past words. (laughs) I I guess that's the, that's the, 
the responsible one. Um, yeah. You, you know, going back to that competitive eating type thing, if you see something big, take it down, you know? Like, oh, there you <laughs> go. Yeah. I don't know. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, what's, what's the eating challenge that oh, we're Oh, yeah, yeah. We're Give us an on? eating oh, challenge yeah. so story. I've done a few, right? Like, yeah, it kind of takes you back to that, you know, the uh, the great outdoors with John Candy, the yes. big 96 <laughs> or whatever, yes, the old 96. Yes, yes, I um, love that. So that, that would be a six-ounce steak, right? So I did one. I was working at a, at a mine in university. At, I was doing surveying underground at the um, – uh, complex bousquet in Cadillac, Quebec, uh, Northern Quebec, very close to Val d'Or. And, uh, there is this, this pub there and, uh, myself and three other students came in and the guy's like, Hey, I'll tell you what, if, if you guys can all take down an 80 ounce steak plus, you know, the Caesar salad to start, um, I'll give you guys free drinks during happy hour for the rest of the summer. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, so you were college students. We're like, hell yeah, we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, it turns out this thing was like, oh, and it was a baked potato too. The baked potato ended up being the size of a mini football. Um, it was a full chicken breast on a, a full grilled chicken Caesar, right? Full size chicken breast and an 80 ounce steak. So as it were, I was the only guy who could not eat the full 80. Ounce. I got through about 76 ounces of this thing. Um, and it was like chewing gunpowder and sawdust. I just, it couldn't do it anymore. Right. The other three guys all puked though. So I kind of felt vindicated that I didn't push myself across the line, but that was, that was kind of the first foray since then it's been like, I ate this one thing. We went to new year's a couple of years ago um, with some friends and we went to pick up this uh, Thai food and they had this, you know, six pounds of pad Thai. And I was like, well, I got to take that down, you know, like it's, it's pad Thai. Um, and then there's another one. Uh, my parents keep a place out in Daytona Beach. Um, mm. So we went down there and I can't remember what was it? Crabby uh, Joe's or one of these places. Oh. And there's like a burger that's, you know, basically you put your elbow on the table and it goes up to your fingertips. <laughs> I think it had a pound of meat, a pound of fish, a oh. pound of bacon, a jar of pickles, oh my two God. pieces of Texas toast, like 12 slices of American cheese like craft cheese oh uh, my God. you know a head of lettuce on it i ate the whole burger i've subbed for the bun and but i ate all the fries too and then i found out after i was watching this tv show man versus food and oh, you yeah. didn't have to eat the fries i'm like what the f like <laughs> i'm sitting there eating the fries and i'm nursing this beer oh, and uh, i didn't even have to do that right so i mean anyways that long story short i've taken down a lot of uh i kind of you awesome. guys i work with know i've got a tapeworm i eat a lot i eat very frequently so yeah. um that I don't actually have a tapeworm, but you know, it's yeah, sort right, of, yeah. <laughs> stuff like that though. I mean, I think like these competitive eaters, I mean, your stomach has to get like conditioned to yeah. that. I would think it, that know? Joey chestnut it, guy is on a whole nother level. Oh, like, he yeah, like, like that, yeah, that's pounds. crazy stuff. Like him and Kobayashi, these guys are, I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm nowhere near that, but I do eat a lot, you know, and it's kind of like the other thing too, is I have four boys that egg it on. They think it's great. Say, like, they probably a, love it. Maniac, you know, like what's <laughs> he doing? a freak of nature. Yes. And I'm not a really big guy. I'm about six foot, 190 pounds. So, I mean, I can, I kind of hollow leg it, I guess, but, uh, <laughs> so funny. Good, good metabolism, metabolism burns fast with me. Uh, now. Yeah. Good metabolism. for sure. Yeah. All right, Jason. Uh, love it, man. You crush it. I appreciate yeah. you being here. Is there anything yeah, else right. you want to get out there? Really enjoyed this conversation. No spot. Hey, I want to ask you guys, like, which one of you guys is a Cubs fan? I heard. Is that? Is that'd, that be, that'd be me. That'd be me. It's you. Okay. Yeah. Right, Cubs, Cubs, Cubs. All right. 
Yeah. And no the other that's the other one's the Yankees or the Mets. Oh, Mets, right? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Did I almost okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I almost got uninvited for life there on that one, right? Oh, yeah. Oof. I'm from Chicago originally, so uh Cubs, Blackhawks, Bears, Bulls. Not yep. the White Sox, not the White Sox. Uh, no, I don't play. I'm, yeah, not a white. I, you know, the funny thing about the White Sox is you go in there and it's like I, I remember took the family there. Yep, went to seven baseball games in and around the Great Lakes area. Mm. My Cubs tickets against the Cardinals were more expensive <laughs> than the other six tickets combined, I and I think I got sure. tickets for. I got paid 30 bucks for six tickets to a White Sox game. <laughs> That's probably about right. Yeah. It's a whole different. But then I ate about $900 worth of uh, food there. Comiskey's got really good food or not Comiskey, whatever it's called yeah. now, but uh, Global I, I will say America the, or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> their food is good. I will say this though, while we're on the topic, I, uh, I've been to, you know, I don't know, hundred Cubs games and probably like five White Sox games. White Sox fans, like know everything there is to know about their team and baseball and the strategy behind it and everything like that. You go to a Cubs game, they don't even know who's up half the time. They just you know. They just know old they're style. Yeah, they're more just, of the party. Yeah, old style and <laughs> hot dogs. <laughs> that's yep. all they care about, you know. And if the Cubs win, it's a bonus. It's just a party, you know. Well, that's that, you know that resonates too because the first time I was there it was like an afternoon game and I just remember being around Wrigleyville and it was like oh. a bloody nightclub at like three in the afternoon. I'm like, holy, yeah. like, and it was like on a Tuesday afternoon. And I mean, people were staggering around and I'm like, wow, this is gonna, that's a long week for these guys, you know, and some of them are probably going to do it again on the Wednesday, you know? Yeah, so, no doubt. I'm no too doubt. old for that stuff. Yeah, I, I, there's no way. I mean, I'd be, I, I drink like that. I'm dead for like four days. So. Tell me about so. it. Tell me, yeah. try spending five days in Vegas. Uh, <laughs> that's what the mellow corn's for. <laughs> All right. What else? Well, you guys got anything else? Jason, I'm sorry to cut you off. Good. No, no, I got nothing. I was just going to say thanks, guys, for having me on. It's been a Loved blast. It. It's, it's oh, good it's been to be able to, to kind of uh, talk a little bit about the, uh, but what we do and, and it's, it's all, I mean, what you guys are doing is great stuff here too. I mean, I think it's, you know, drawn uh, a bunch of humor kind of, uh, uh, you know, kind of self-deprecating and, and making <laughs> yeah, fun of the industry a little bit and, and everything that has to do with it. And, you know, I, I think it's, it's good work, you know, I mean, it's, it's done in, in the right way. So I commend you guys for that. It's really cool to be a part of it. We appreciate those kind ah, words. Shoulders um, feel rubbed. We're, we're still having, <laughs> having, we're, having a, we're still having a blast doing it. And, I, and I'll tell you what, we do like um, like roundtable type discussion sometime. And if you'd be interested, love to have you come back and talk about uh, you know some subsurface utility engineering stuff if you're interested. Yeah, a hundred percent. Be all over it. You know, awesome. Um, Perfect. Yeah, I mean, and you know, if anybody's out there, you know, with listening again, uh, that that offer I had persists. And we're, we're always willing to talk with that's it's kind of the evangelical work we're doing. And uh, I'd love the opportunity to come back at any opportunity in the future. So well, we'll get all that information posted with the episode and cool. uh, shoots. You got anything, bud? Put a bow on it, boys. Wrap it up. PJ? Put a bow on it. Uh, I stole his line. <laughs> he I beat him to, to it. Right, right. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it, boys. Yet another uh, awesome value-adding friend-making show for sure. Uh, please be sure to check us out at thegeoholics.com. Follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram by simply searching for The Geoholics. And, of course, you can download all of our podcasts from most everywhere. But be sure to also check out the Geoholics app from landsurveyorsunited.com. Send us an email at info at the If you have any content ideas or would like to be a guest on a future show, we're booking into February, actually. Uh, last but not least, please support our amazing friends of the program, like our good friends at Cobb Fenley. 
every chance you get. Be sure to mention you're a geoholic for the deep, deep discounts. Just like our good friend Jason just including point name. Absolutely. Pay it forward. Add value, make friends. Beastie Boys, fight for your right. Available everywhere. Until next time, everyone, be safe and healthy. Once again, a shout out to our friends of the program, Aerotech Mapping Inc., ATMLV.com, Advanced Geodetic Surveys Inc., AGSGPS.com, Bad Elf GPS, Bad-Elf.com, Cobb Fenley, CobbFenley.com, Cyanic Automation, GetJobBook.com, Diamondback Land Surveying, DiamondbackLandSurveying.com, Get Kids Into Survey, GetKidsIntoSurvey.com, Land Surveyors United, LandSurveyorsUnited.com. Mentoring Mondays, mentoringmondays.xyz, Monson Engineering, monsonengineering.com, Nettleman Land Consulting, nlcprep.com, Parkland Community College, parkland.edu slash surveying, Safety Apparel, safetyapparel.us, Tiger Supplies, tigersupplies.com, Trimble Geospatial, geospatial.trimble.com.